Welcome to my Parsha Shir. Thank you so much for joining me this week. We begin a new book of the Torah. It's the book of Bamidbar, better known by its name in English, Numbers. And the book is all about numbers because it begins with a count of the Jewish people, and that's really what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the significance of numbers and specifically uh, the significance of the number, the final count of Jewish adult males that we find in Parshas Bamidbar, and again later on in Sefer Bamidbar, in the second count of the Jewish people that is recorded in Sefer Bamidbar. Parshas Bamidbar says the Nesivas Shalom, Oisekes Kula Be'inyan Misbar Bnei Yisrael. The Parsha of Bamidbar is specifically focused, almost entirely focused on account of the Jewish people. How many there were in each one of the tribes and how many there were in the entire Klal Yisrael, in the entire nation. The Yeshlahovin says the Nesiva Shalom asking a very good question. It's perhaps one you've thought of before. He addresses this question. We need to understand what relevance is it to us? How many Jewish people there were at the beginning of Sefer Bamidbar? What difference does it make to us? How many Jews there actually were who resided in the wilderness in this period after, uh, after the, re uh, the redemption from Egypt, after the Exodus and before they came into Eretz Yisrael, who cares? There were 600,000, 500,000, 750,000. Why does the number matter? Sharei onu maminim chayim nitzchis. We believe that the Torah is Torah's chayim nitzchis. It's an eternal document. It's not a document that is parochial or time-bound in its particular moment, point in history. We understand the Torah to be an eternal document and therefore the fact that the Jewish people were counted and we have a number for each of the tribes and the uh, total number of the Jewish people at that point in our history and it's recorded in the Torah has some type of eternal message. What is the nitzchius? What is the eternal message? Uh, the eternal central theme that is conveyed to us by knowing the number of the Bnei Yisrael in the Midbar. Oid Yeshlahovin, and here's the second question of the Nesiva Shalom. We need to understand by the cost of Suez Roish Koladas Bnei Yisrael. Why is it that it talks about Roish Bnei Yisrael? Surely it should say, he says, Maduallochsiv Suez Mispar. Why does it say the head of each of the Jewish people? It should say Mispar, the number. It, I mean, that's the best word to use, isn't it? The word that one would use when one counts something is what's the number? You don't say how many heads are there. You say what's the number? So why is it that the Torah uses this particular language? Whenever we talk about counting, we talk about Nesias Roish. It says exactly the same thing. Talking about the Machatzitzah Shekel, we talk about when you count each and every one of the Jewish people, it says Kisisa es Roish 
Bnei Yisrael, the heads of the Jewish people. Why is that language used? Why doesn't simply say when you count? Why does it say kisisa es roish? Gam yesh and here's the the third question. Why is it that the Jewish nation were not uh, among the Jewish nation was not included the tribe of the Levim? I, by the way, am a Levi. And we know that the Levim were not counted, um, uh, the Levim were not included in the census. Why should that have been the case? Why don't we count Levim in, in any of the counts that we have? By the way, the Levim were counted, but they are not included in the final count of the Jewish nation. The 600,000 number, which we're going to focus on quite a bit today, that does not include the Levim. Vahabir Bozeh says the Nesiva Sholem, let's understand, this is the explanation for everything. We know, the Zoya says, we're going to talk about it more in a moment, that there are 600,000 letters in a Sefer Torah. You know, have you seen a Sefer Torah? Sefer Torah is made up of, of all the words, the letters that are in the Chamisha Chumshe Torah and the five books of Moses. And we know that they are written in a scroll form and there's no breaks. We know that there's no commas, there's no uh, periods, no full stops, there's no exclamation marks, there's no quotations. It's just a series of letters. How many letters are there in a Torah? Well, according to the Zohar, as we're going to see in a moment, it's a little bit problematic. The Zohar says there's 600,000 letters in the Torah. So we have a perfect counterpart to the number of letters in the Torah because there are 600,000 uh, Jewish people who were counted in Parshas Bamidbar later on. And each letter in the Torah written by the scribe as he puts together this scroll of the Torah, the Sefer Torah, each Individual letter corresponds with one of the neshamais, one of the souls of the Jewish people, and therefore there is a correlation. There is a correspondence between the Torah, which represents the Word of God, and the Jewish people, which represents those who execute the Word of God. 600,000 in one, 600,000 in another. It's a perfect match. And therefore, the Zohar says that the 600,000 number is very significant. Now, I'm going to continue with the Nesiva Shalom, but I'm going to take a, a brief break because I want to talk about this, uh, this number, 600,000, as the number of letters in a Torah scroll. Because the question really, and by the way, this source sheet, um, which I'm looking at in front of me, you can find it. On, um, on the website, on rabbidunner.com. You can find it if you're watching this on Zoom, it's in the comments section. And if you're watching this on YouTube, it's also in the comments section or in the main section, the description section. And it's a comment on the SoundCloud. If you're listening to this on the audio, you on the podcast, you can, you can download. This is a fascinating source sheet. I, I don't usually push source sheets as hard as I'm pushing this one today. I would highly recommend that you download this source sheet because you'll really enjoy it. I'm going to 
give you an overview of the source sheet. But uh, when you're sitting around your Shabbos table this Shabbos, I would really encourage you to share this information with everybody there because I think they'll find it absolutely fascinating. How many letters are there in the Torah? You just heard me say it, right? The, the, the Zohar HaChodosh on Shia Shirim says that there are 600,000 letters in a Sefer Torah corresponding to the 600,000 Neshamas of the Bnei Yisrael and that's the number that was counted in Parshas Bamidbam 40 years later in Parshas Pinchas. Now the Megale Amukos and he's writing on Vaischanon, he writes that the Neshama of every single Jew has its origins in one of the 600,000 letters of the Torah. Somehow there is a spiritual correspondence, almost like a contact, like an umbilical cord between each Jew and a letter in the Torah. What's your letter? I don't know what my letter is. We don't know what our letter is. You should know that your Neshama corresponds to a letter in the Torah. That's what the Megala Amukai says. And the name Yisrael, the word Yisrael, which is the name of the Jewish people, is an acronym. It's Roshe Tevois. What for? Yesh Shishim Ribu Oisios La Torah. There are 600,000 letters in the Torah. So you see that Yisrael is intimately connected to this idea of 600,000 because there's 600,000 letters in the Torah and the word Yisrael, which is the name of the Jewish people, actually indicates that if you open it up using this Russia Tavis method. The problem is this. You're listening carefully. There's a big problem. How many letters are there in the Torah? Now you're going to say, because we don't really know, you're not a cipher, you're going to say there's 600,000 because you heard me say that and it says it in the Zoyar. Well, I want to tell you, I'm not a cipher either, but I'll tell you exactly how many letters there are in the Torah. 304,805 letters. Just about half of 600,000. So what is the Zoya Chodosh and everyone else who relies on the count, like the Megala Amukos and many others? I mean, you find this number quoted in multiple sforim, in multiple contexts. What do they mean? What are they talking about? How can you say that something has... I mean, this is, this is something for which there is evidence. It's not something esoteric that's in Shemaim. We're not talking about the spheros here. We're not talking about some Kabbalistic concept. We're talking about a Sefer Torah. If you would have the patience to take a, a, a little pointer, maybe the Yad of the Sefer Torah, and count each letter of each column in the Torah, you would discover it's got 304,805 letters. So why would the Zohar Chodosh, which is the primary, one of the primary Kabbalistic texts that we have, why would the Zohar Chodosh say that there are 600,000 letters in the Torah, where clearly there isn't, there's not that number. By the way, it's worth noting that the number 600,000 itself is not exactly precise. How many Jews were counted? in Parshas Bamidbar, 603,550. I've given a share on that number in the past. 603,550 is not 600,000. It's slightly more than 600,000. Okay, be that as it may. Let's park that to the side for a minute. But it's very interesting that the Zohar, this Kabbalistic text, would say that there are 600,000 letters in the Torah when there obviously aren't. Now, I'm going to read you something that Rav Kook said. You know who Rav Kook was? He was the chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael 
when it was still the British Mandate of Palestine. He became the Chief Rabbi of Yerushalayim in 1919. In 1920, he was appointed the Chief Rabbi of Palestine, a position he retained for 15 years. When he, he died in 1935, he, they, unfortunately he never lived to see the State of Israel being established. It was established 13 years after he died, a little under 13 years. He died in Elul of 1935, and we've just had the commemoration of the um, establishment of the State of Israel. That was an ER of 1948. So um, just uh, under 13 years after he died, Medinat Yisrael was established, but he was a pioneering rabbi in the idea that the establishment of Jewish sovereignty in Eretz Yisrael was very, very significant. He was um, very well versed in Kabbalah. He was also, of course, trained in Talmudic studies. He studied in Velozhin. He was in Velozhin Yeshiva. And as a very young boy, he was a Chavrusa of the Natsiv of Rabbi Natsali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Velozhin, who held him in very fond affection. And Rav Kook writes about this puzzle, this conundrum, this mystery as to why it is that the Zohar would suggest that there are 600,000 letters in the Torah, when in fact there are only 304,805. When we think about a Torah scroll, he says, we usually only consider the letters themselves, written in black ink. But the Gemara in Menachas, Daf Lamed Tes, Omed Aleph, says that every letter in a Torah scroll has to be completely surrounded by parchment. That means if any two letters are connected to each other in a Torah scroll, the Torah is possible. This requirement is called Mukaf Gvil, which means that the white parchment around the letters is an integral part of the Torah, and without it the Torah scroll is disqualified. In fact, the white space, says Rav Kook, this is what he writes in his Sefer, the white space is a higher form of Torah. It is analogous to the white fire of Har Sinai. You know that it says that, that when Hashem gave the Luchais, when he gave the Torah, it was the black fire was on white fire. There was somehow the words of the Torah could be seen, seen as black fire on white fire. A special effect show that uh, it could only be explained in a Kabbalistic and a mystical sense. I'm not quite sure what it means, but there you go. And he says the white fire is much more mystical, much more special than the black fire. It's a sublime hidden Torah that cannot be read in the usual manner. Now, there's a de delicate balance. He says something fascinating. There's a delicate balance between the black and the white in the Torah. The black is, is represented by the ink of the letters, and the white is the parchment. The shirot, what's the shirot? We have a number of different shirot um, which are written in Tanakh, but the ones in the Torah are Oz Yoshir and Ha'azinu. These are two shirot, two poems in the Torah. They are written in a particularly special way. Have you ever seen them? I don't know. If you haven't seen them, you should go look at them in the Torah. Or if you can take out a tikkun, you can see them the way that they are in a tikkun. They're like a wall which is constructed on each side. So you have Oz Yashim Moshe, 
of an Israel Sashir Azois, you have a big space of white in the middle. On one side, there's the letters. On the other side, there are the letters. And then it, go, then it goes in the middle. And Hazinu is the same thing. It's written in a very different way. It's not written in the ordinary way where a word is written and then there's a space and then a word and then a space and then a word. It's written in a totally different fashion. You should look at it. If you have a tikkun at home, take it out, look at Oz Yoshir or look at Hazinu and you'll see that they are written differently. They're written like a wall that's constructed from layers of black and white bricks. These poetic sections, says Rav Cook, are the loftiest sections, the loftiest portions of the Torah. Consequently, they have more white space. There's much more white in those areas than there is in a regular column of a Sefer Torah because they contain a greater measure of this, this esoteric, this mystical white fire. And if a scribe, if a sofer, were to write other sections of the Torah in this particular layout. You imagine I wanted to write Parshas Bereshis and use the layout of Ozyoshir or Azinu. Would that work? No. The Torah scroll would be possible, would be rendered invalid. After the Torah was revealed and restricted to our limited world, we know that the Malochim protested because they didn't want Moshe Rabbeinu to take the Torah. They wanted the Torah to stay in Shamaim. Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, no, I'm taking it. And there's a medrash that describes its encounter between the Malachim and Moshe Rabbeinu. But once it got to our world, once it came down, as it were, into the physical world, it was limited to the physical construction of words and sentences, except for these lofty portions of the Torah. But if you would write the rest of the, you say, you know, the whole Torah is holy. I'm going to write the whole Torah in the same style as Ozyoshir or in the same style as Ha'azinu, that doesn't work. You can't do that. The Torah would be possible. But it just conveys to you this idea that the white in the Torah is important. In other words, those parts which don't have any letters on it are important. Listen carefully. If each letter of the Torah is surrounded by white, that makes it a double letter, right? So if the first word is Bereshis. You've got base and you've got white. So that's two letters. You've got Resh and then you've got white. Then you've got Aleph, then you've got white. Then you've got Sheen, then you've got white. You've got Yud, then you've got white. You've got Sof and then you've got white. You've got 12 letters in a six letter word. So if you work it out, that means if there's roughly 300,000 letters in the Torah, that are black, and each one of them is surrounded by white, then you've got roughly 600,000 letters in the Torah. Of course, it's not an exact number, but even the 600,000, as I've already said, is not an exact number. The 600,000 number is not precise because there were 603,550. And the 300,000 number is not precise because we have 304,805. But roughly we have 300,000 letters in the Torah, surrounded by 300,000 whites, which makes it 600,000. And we have roughly 600,000 Jews who were counted in the Torah. So you've got this correlation, now it makes sense, right? Rav Cook says the white is as important as the black, and therefore you have 600,000 letters in the Torah. That's one solution. Rav Shneer Zalman of Liadi, 
he was the founding Rebbe of Chabad Lubavitch, he's got another answer. He, he says that the count of 600,000 includes vowel letters that are not included in the text. So, for example, every time you have what I would pronounce oi, some would pronounce o, so we don't put a letter in, you should put a vov in with a dot on top, right? That's an akuda on top of the vov makes the letter before it pronounced oi or o. That being the case, if you don't have that vov, but you still pronounce it that way, you're missing a letter. Now, if you'd add in all of those letters in the Torah, which give a vowel pronunciation to the letter that comes before it, you'd have, says Rabshinir Zalman of Liadi, 600,000 letters. Now, I don't know that anyone has ever done that count. That would be really interesting. If anyone's watching this and has, you know, has put a project together or has knows of a project that was put together that wanted to work out what Rabshinir Zalman was talking about, I'd be fascinated to see that. Rabshinir Zalman, of course, is known by Lubavitch Hasidim as the Balatanya. This is his solution. If they were all written out in full, there would be many more letters in the Torah scroll and the total would be 600,000. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky was one of the great rabbis of the 20th century. He studied in Slabodka, managed to escape um, just before the Second World War, went to Canada, eventually ended up in New York, where he was the Rosh Hashiva of Torah Vadas. He moved to Monsi. He wrote a fabulous Sefer. You should get it. It's called Emes Liyakov. Emes Liyakov is a Sefer on the Parsha, and he offers the suggestion that many letters are made up of other letters. For example, an Aleph is a Vov and two Yuds, right? There's a Vov in the middle, and there's one Yud on top and one Yud underneath, so that's actually three letters. So the total of all the letters, if they're broken down in this way, would be 600,000. We're going to come back to Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. It's an interesting idea. I don't think he calculated it out, but we're going to see in a minute. It's a very interesting idea. Rav Zev Lef, who's the Rav of Matityahu in Chashmonaim, he did an amazing thing. He lived in Miami, Florida. One Shabbos he got up and he said, I'm the Rav here. We all believe how important it is to go to Eretz Yisrael, to move to Eretz Yisrael. I talk about it from the pulpit so often. I've decided together with a few friends that we're going to move to Eretz Yisrael. I have found a place, it's Matityahu, it's in Chashmonaim, and we're going to open a Moshav there, and we're going to live there. And he moved there with a bunch of families. Matityahu still exists, it's just next to Kiryat Sefer, Modi Imilit. It's a fascinating place, Matityahu, and he's the Rav there, a fantastic speaker, and a, a Talmud Chochem. He learnt in Tel's Yeshiva, and this is what he says about this particular issue of the 600,000 letters, which isn't really 600,000, it's only 304,805. He says, this is in his book on Shemona Esra, you can find it online, he reinterprets the quote from the Zara Chodosh so that it's read in a way that doesn't claim that there are 600,000 letters in the Torah. He suggests that the words, Yeshishim Ribu Oisius La Torah, doesn't mean that there are 600,000 letters in the Torah. He says it could have been more accurately described, Batoira, but it doesn't say that. Um, it says uh, Latoira, and therefore Latoira doesn't actually mean in the Torah, it means for the Torah. That there are 600,000 letters for the Torah, which he suggests are the words that the Jewish people use to define 
and to explain the Torah, that Jewish people have something called Torah Shabbat Peh, and that there are 600,000 letters in Torah Shabbat Peh, or at least um, that's the idea he wishes to convey. It's an interesting, it's not a completely convincing idea, but it's a nice idea. He uses the word um, La Torah as his proof that it can't mean that there are 600,000 words in the Torah because then it would have said Batoira. But let's get back to Rav Kamenetsky's suggestion about each letter not being one letter but several. In 2003, Moshe Dodo ben Barzilai came up with an interesting idea. By the way, when he came up with this idea, it didn't have anything to do with the, with the problem of the 600,000 letters in the Torah. He proposed a method of gematria. Everybody's always looking for numerical, um, numerical ideas that can be used to draw information out of the Torah. So we have a basic idea of numerical value of the words, the letters. What is it? Aleph is one, base is two, Gimel is three, etc., etc. Then we have another method of gematria. I'm going to tell you what it is. Aleph is Aleph, Lamed, Fei, right? So you have Aleph is one. Lamed is 30, Fei is 80, so suddenly you have 111 is an Aleph. Base is base is base, Yud, Sof. Base is 2, Yud is 10, that's 12, Sof is 4, that's 412, etc. There's many different methods of gematria. I'm not going to suggest that I understand them all or their significance, but this fellow Moshe Doida ben Barzilai came up with a different method, an idea that he called Misbar HaBeka. Each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, of the Aleph base, is split into its component letters, and then these component letters are added up, and they give a specific number to each letter. I'll give you an example. The letter Aleph is made up, we heard it from Yaakov Hamanetsky, is made up of two Yuds and a Vov. So what's the value of an Aleph? Yud is 10, Vov is 6, and you've got Vov is 6, right? So, sorry, you've got t t a Yud as well. So, 2 Yuds is 20, Vov is 6. So, the gematria of Aleph is actually not 1, it's 26. The letter base is made up of 3 Vovs. If you look at a base, you'll see it's there's 1 Vov on the top, 1 Vov on the side, and 1 Vov on the bottom. So that's 3 Vovs, so the value of a base is actually 3 times 6, which is 18. Gimel is made up of a Zion and a Yud. There's a Zion, and then there's a Yud that comes off the bottom. What's Zion and Yud? That's 17, etc., etc. You can go through each letter in the Hebrew alphabet, in the Aleph base, and you'll see that each one of them has a value, which is a combination of the letters that make up that individual letter. In 2008, there's a mathematician called Jeffrey Meliken. He posted a blog article using a similar method to try and find the 600,000 letters in a Sefer Torah. His source for the frequency of each letter in the Torah was happened to be wrong, and some of the number components he used were problematic, let's say, but his count came very close to 600,000. Well, in 2010, Moshe Dodo saw Melikan's blog, and it triggered this thought that maybe what he'd said previously about Gematria could also be used to explain this 600,000 letter problem that we have from the Zohar Chodosh. And he checked his method of splitting the letters for Gematria against the actual letters that are in the Torah. He did the count. 
he actually put the work in and he found that it added up to exactly 600,000 letters. By splitting the letters up and adding the actual letter, he had the solution. So he discussed it with Jeffrey Melikan and uh, he, uh, Jeffrey published a blog and their proposal to show that the Torah has actually got 600,000 letters. If you download the source sheet, which I put online, I've included the link. It's in kabbalahsecrets.com. There's a link which will take you to the blog, which will show you that there are 600,000 letters in the Torah. And I've actually reproduced in the source sheet the table. I'm going to show it to you now. I'm not sure how clearly you can see it. You can just see that there is a table. But if you can see it, uh, if you download it, you'll be able to see it more clearly. It shows you the breakdown, which shows that the 304,805 letters in the Torah actually amount to 599, 592 letters. An absolutely fascinating mathematical calculation, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. So you can please um, download this and take a look at it. And uh, I'm pleased to be able to share it with you. Let's come back now to the Nesivas Shalom. The Nesivas Shalom, if you recall, said that Shishim Ribu Oisios Patora, there are 600,000 letters in the Torah. We know that the most important name for the oneness of God is the Shem Havayo, Yud, Hey, Vav, and then Hey, that this amounts uh, to the name of Hashem. But there's four letters, I've just said them. There's four letters to the name of Hashem. And there's 12 ways of putting those letters together. I'm not going to go through all of them, but if you, you could make a table of the four letters and it would come up four, 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 four. There's, there's four, uh, there's 12 different ways to write out Yud, Hey, Vav, and then Hey in different orders so that there's 12 of them. And the, um, one of the Talmudim of the Zohar of, sorry, of, of the Arizal, says as follows, that the Ari said, Actually, the name of Hashem, that's Yud Kei if you'd break it down into all its component parts, in, first of all, in different methods of using the letters, in the gematrias, etc., 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 and I don't know what it means, there's actually 600,000 different permutations of Yud K Vav K and that's what the Ari uh, suggested so we have one that's the name of Hashem we have four because there's four letters there's 12 permutations and 600,000 why are there four because there were four different machanois four different encampments in the Midbar Three tribes, three tribes, three tribes, and three tri tribes. In the middle was Shevet Levi, and then the Kernim, and then the Mishkan. So it was divided into four, one north, one south, one east, and one west. So there were four. Digle Israel means the flags of Israel. And the 12 different methods by which you could write out the name Yudke Vavke is the 12 tribes of Israel. And why 600,000 as the Ari says? Because there are 600,000 Jewish Neshamais. 
says the Nasi Shalom. And in light of this, there's two aspects of every Jew. Within every Jew, there is the name of Hashem and there is the Torah. Unbelievable. You've got every aspect of what you need spiritually within you. Because in every Jew alights this particular letter that is associated with him from the Torah. And also the, the, the particular combination that connects him to God's name, because we've said there's 600,000 Jews and 600,000 letters in the Torah, and there's 600,000 permutations of the Shem Havaya, and you are a Jew that's one of the 600,000, so you have within you the Torah, and you have within you the name of Hashem. In order for a person to be complete, in order for a person to be in their totality, in every aspect of themselves, in terms of their avodas Hashem, they must include themselves among Klal Yisrael. They must include themselves among the Jewish people. They must feel a part of the nation, not as an individual doing whatever they're doing on their own. You must be a part of the Klal, a part of the people, the nation. Because as a result of that, you will merit being able to draw the energy of the Torah and of God's name to yourself. Because they are, it's only really is effective for Klal Yisrael if you're part of Klal Yisrael. It only works if you're one of the 600,000. If you're just one as an individual, it's not going to work. From this we can learn that this number 600,000, by the way, the Nesiva Shalom says in a moment, he doesn't really understand the number. Why wasn't it 700,000 or 500,000? He doesn't know. But the number 600,000 is, is significant because it connects every Jew to God and it connects every Jew to the Torah. And as one of the nation, it's somehow the number 600,000 conveys this idea of national identity, of being part of the greater whole. And that means you're connected to Torah and that you're connected to Hashem. That's the idea of 600,000. It's an eternal bond between each and every Jew and God and the Torah and the Jewish people. Because in every aspect of your Avodah Hashem, of your service of God, a Jew will be included or will include himself among the Jewish nation in general. Somebody who separates himself from the nation as a whole, even if he does every mitzvah, but he says, I'm doing the mitzvah for myself. I'm not part of you. I, I don't belong to you. You don't belong to me. I'm not part of this group. He will never achieve the ultimate status of a Jew who's connected to God and connected to the Torah. It's only when the 600,000 come together in the name of God, which is one, that it can work. We know that these 600,000 letters of the Torah, they are the ultimate completeness. 
That's what they are, the Shishim Rubune Yisrael Heim Shleimus, and the 600,000 Jews that perform the duties of the Jews, perform their faith duties as the Amanifcha, as the chosen nation, as 600,000 as a group, they can connect to the 600,000 letters in the Torah and to the name of God, which has 600,000 different ways of somehow permutations that make itself up. And therefore, that which the Torah writes, the number of the Jewish people, the count, the census, tells us that the ultimate count of the Jewish people is 600,000. It wants to convey this idea. That's why the Torah includes it, not once, but twice, to tell you, that in order to achieve the ultimate in terms of what it means to be a Jew, you've got to tie yourself in with this 600,000 number. It can only work if you tie yourself in with this 600,000 number. Even though, as the Nesiva Shalom said, I mentioned earlier, that the Nesiva Shalom himself does not know why this number is significant. It's not important to know why. Sometimes when you know a fact, it's not important to know why that fact exists. And by the way, it would be wonderful if we did know, but it's not important. But all the evidence points in this direction, that 600,000 is a significant number, and for good reason, because there's so many different versions of the 600,000 number that we can see have spiritual significance, that clearly God wants this 600,000 number to be important. I've spoken before about the number seven. Do we know why the number seven is more important than six or more important than eight? We don't really know. We have all types of indicators, but we don't really know. We just know that this number seven is a significant number. Number. It's the number of Shabbos, and therefore we know that it's a number that's significant for those who engage in Avodah Hashem. Similarly, the number 600,000 is an important number. It's the number of the Jewish people, it's the number of letters in the Torah, it's the number that can be drawn out of the name of Hashem, and it's the number to which we need to connect ourselves in order to perform as servants of God in the service of God. We know the Torah is eternal. We know we know that the number of the Jewish people, because it's in the Torah, somehow connects to this eternal message, the eternal, um, the eternal task of the Jew in the service of God. That somehow we can only ever do our duty as Jews only ever perform properly as servants of God if we connect with this 600,000 number. And that's why it says, and the fact that the head somehow, it's not just a count, it's not just one, two, three, four, five. It's Nesias Roish. It's an elevating force. We know that the Jewish people can elevate themselves to the highest level. Roish is always, the idea of the head is that it's elevated. It's something which is above the ordinary. You can elevate yourself through this number, 600,000. 
Rak klal Yisrael ha'muchodim yachad only through this connecting idea of the Jewish people coming together, the 600,000, which is the total number of Jews, connecting into that group is what will enable you to elevate yourself. And therefore, Su es roish b'nei Yisrael, kisisa es roish b'nei Yisrael, b'yoysam shishim ribu neshamais Yisrael muchadim, when the 600,000 Jews are collected up together, umeir lahem shem havaya, and the, and the name of Hashem will light them up, bishlemus into their completeness, the Torah niyeh kula bishlemus, and then the whole Torah will be complete through this 600,000, that 600,000, and the third 600,000, everything will come together. It will converge into the ultimate spiritual energy. And that's, we see that the, um, that the previous Slonim Rebbe, when he said that the Baroiv Hashanim Koyim Batayra Parshas Bamidba Koydim Kabbalah Satayra, we usually read Parshas Bamidba just before we are celebrating, as we do this year, the festival, the Chag of Shavuos, which commemorates Kabbalah Satayra receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai. Heyoshe in Yonah Klolois Misbar Bnei Israel, because it talks about the count of the Jewish people. Verakali de Klolois Yisrael. And it's only because of the Jewish people as a whole. It's only by the Jewish people being um, a whole collective group that we are able to fully fulfill that which is our duty to discharge as those who execute the will of God through the commandments in the Torah. A yochid, an individual, cannot perform his duties in the Torah on his own. There are some mitzvahs which are only for Kohanim, but not for Levim or Yisraelim. There are some mitzvahs which are only for Yisraelim, not for Levim and not for Kohanim. Some which are only for Levim, not for Kohanim, not for Yisraelim. How can you make sure that you observe all the mitzvahs? It's not the first time I'm telling you this. But making sure that you are part of Klal Yisrael, not just performing the mitzvahs that you have to perform. If you perform your mitzvah, and the Kohen performs his mitzvah, and you're part of a community that includes that Kohen, he benefits from your mitzvahs, and you'll benefit from his mitzvahs. You become part of the Shishim Ribui, all the mitzvahs that are kept by all the different people who can keep the mitzvahs in their own way. For example, somebody who has a lot of money can give a lot of tzedakah and can do a lot of chesed. Somebody who doesn't have so much money can't do that, but they'll benefit from the fact that there's somebody in their community that is giving so much charity. If there is a kohen who's going to duchen on uh, every day if you live in Eretz Yisrael, but on Yom Tov, if you live in Chutzla Oretz, that kohen is duchening, he's performing his duty as Vaniyavarachem through the um, through the kahanim when they bless the Jewish people that God will bless the Jewish people through the kahanim through the priests. We are not. I'm not Levi. I can't do duchening. It's not possible for me to do it. If you're Yisrael, you can't duchen. But you will benefit as if you've done the mitzvah yourself because the kohen is duchening. Why? Because you're part of the shishim ribu. You're part of the 600,000. It's only by all the Jewish people coming together that you can carry out every mitzvah of the Torah and the Torah can be fully discharged, fully fulfilled. That's why it says um, before 
the Torah was given that they camped next to Mount Sinai, Vedorsh Chazal. What does it say? Vayichan is in the singular. It's not Vayachanu, it says Vayichan, as if talking about one person. Ki'ish Echod, Belev Echod, like one man with one heart. The whole Jewish people, the 600,000 were together like one. Sherakali Dezesh, and it's Achet Klad Yisrael. It's only uh, by virtue of the fact that the Jewish people got together as one, as if they were one person, that was why they were able to achieve the status that they needed to be in in order to receive the Torah from Hashem. And that's why it says, that loving your neighbors yourself is a Klaugodoba Torah. We always have to be loving. We have to be united. We have to be together. We have to come together as one. We have to be one community, one nation, in order to achieve this status of Batayra, of being able to observe the Torah, of being able to benefit from the energy that comes from the Torah. That's why we read the parsha Bamidba straight before, right before we receive the Torah. She'inyan parsha zuhu mashiklal Yisrael misachid yachad because one of the aspects of Kabbalah Satara and of Parshas Bamidbar is the coming together of Klal Yisrael, of them being united, being totally together. All came together in one covenant and they said Nase v'nishma as one. And that which the Levim were not counted among Klal Yisrael, and this is, he says something interesting, doesn't quite go according to what Rav Cook said, but he says as follows, The Kedusha of the Levim was a slightly higher, more elevated Kedusha. The Levim and the Kohenim were at this elevated spiritual level. That's the white in between the letters. It sounds like the Nesiva Shalom would go much more for Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky's version of the 600,000 than for Rav Cook's version because he says that white in between each letter is the Levim which was never counted. They weren't counted. They are the section this white between the Oisios. So you can see it in the Kedushas Levi says the Nesiva Shalom in the holy books you can see as Rav Cook said, the white in between the letters is actually of a holier, more elevated level than the black of the letters themselves. And it was for this reason that the Levim were not counted among the Bnei Yisrael. Because they're not counted as actual letters, they're more elevated than the letters, and therefore they're not included in the 600,000 count, they're not included in them. Uh, but the 600,000 kind of includes them, but doesn't include them. Of course you need them, but the 600,000 is talking at the mundane level of Klal Yisrael, of each individual person that was counted. By the way, the fact that the Levim weren't counted is not important. The idea, this because by the, there's many more than 600,000 adult Jews today, it's by coming together, the number is not important. It's almost as if it's a foil. The number is used as a platform to convey an idea. The idea is 
the Jewish people need to come together. They need to be in achdus in order for the Torah to be fulfilled, in order for them to discharge their full duty as religious and faithful Jews, in order for them to bring out the God that's contained within them, in order for them to connect to all the letters in the Torah, their individual letter combined with all the other 599,999 letters is what makes up the whole Torah. That is what makes the Torah able to come alive. And seeing as every year, we renew our Kabbalah Satura experience because it's not as if they received it 3,333 years ago. It's, that's not what it's about. The reason why we are Makabal the Torah on Shavuos is because it's as if we are standing at Mount Sinai, just like on Pesach. It's as if we came out of Egypt on Shavuos. It's as if we are standing at the foot of Mount Sinai and hearing the Aseras Adibrais and accepting the Torah and shouting at the top of our voices, Naaseh v'nishma, naaseh v'nishma. Tzrichim b'chol shona v'shona esa hachona l'kabalas ha-Torah al-yedei ha-achtus shavayichan shom Yisrael. We need to prepare for kabalas ha-Torah via the achtus, the unitedness of the Jewish people coming together, like it says in the Pasuk, vayichan shom Yisrael, they came together like one, not vayachanu, vayichan, belev echad, keish echad, with one heart, like one person. And when we read this parsha, which talks about the 600,000 number, we are perpetuating this idea of the oneness of the Jewish people via the 600,000 number and each individual making themselves part of the greater whole. And they all came together in one bris, in one covenant, and together they said in unison, in lockstep with each other, we will do, we will hear. And in order to achieve the status of of being able to say together, not separately, not on my own, not as an individual, I don't care what anyone else does or if they do it at all. I don't care if they do it. I don't care if they don't do it. I'm doing what I do, Nasev and Ishma. That doesn't work. That's not going to work. Nasev and Ishma is only if we say it together with all the other people who say Nasev and Ishma. Tzarech We all need to come together in one covenant. And this Shabbos, we have a great duty. We really are duty-bound to make sure that we truly understand this very powerful message, that we are one of 600,000, that 600,000 number representing the oneness, even as the 600,000 individuals come together. I wish you all good Shabbos and Chag Sameach, good Yom Tov for Shavuos. Thank you so much. Thank you.